0: to another episode of Views of the World. This is Tobias and I'm here with my co-host, Samon Achani. Welcome everybody. Yeah, welcome. And I'm um, very much looking forward to a new story, a new experience you're going to share with us, Saman. And I think without further ado, let's hear it. Where are we going this time? Great. Uh, this time I come to my second home or one of my
1: second homes in, uh, in Paris. So, you know, I was uh, I lived in France for a long time, then left uh, for Germany, then Dubai and the U.S. But
0: uh-huh.
1: it's an experiment. You can say that I run. So for background, I I speak native French. I'm from Benin and spent a long time in France uh, on school mm-hmm. and everything there. Um, and moved away uh, for quite a long time. Then in early 2020, just before COVID, I moved back. I was uh, resettling back in France to do a startup, etc. cetera, there. Uh, so a few weeks later, COVID, of course, happened and everything was closed, etc. But my story has to do with um, something that I hear quite a lot uh, from foreigners who go to France. They say, oh, you know, uh, it's very difficult because um, people don't make it easy for you to learn the language, and if you don't speak the language, uh, people are rude to you, all sorts of things that, that I used mm-hmm. to hear.
0: So okay. I figure,
1: to me, it was strange, obviously, because I never really had that experience. Uh, and I figured, let me try a little experiment. So uh-huh. I moved to France, but I decided to be um, an English-speaking person uh, for a few sort of weeks and see what difference that makes, right? So okay. I'll go to cafes, uh, I'll go to restaurants and all that. And I would just speak in English, right? Uh-huh. Um, I got mistaken for, uh, for an African American, uh, uh-huh. most of the time, uh, sometimes for a Jamaican, et cetera. That tells you that in France, people don't really know the difference between various accents, right? Because I can't be mistaken by for an African American, for anybody who knows about, um, African American accent. But anyway, uh-huh. and so one story I wanted to tell now is that I walked into, um, a bakery, right? um to to get some croissants and uh hot chocolate et cetera, in Paris mm-hmm. and there were two queues uh serving two different uh, people there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there was uh, a a couple of uh foreigners in either either queue so you know american i think some some people spoke english but you could tell from the accent they're not um americans also but just foreigners mm-hmm. english speaking people Okay. And then there were also some French people, both black and white. Mm-hmm. And I made an experience that was very interesting. So before me, I could see uh, the the French-speaking folks who got to the cashier and were trying to order. Uh, you know, there is this typical uh, stereotypical attitude in um, these cafes, et cetera, in France. If someone is very tired... Uh, the, mm. the server that you know might snap a bit or just take it out on you a bit right uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then when it came my turn the person greeted me in in french right, right. Uh, in a way that sounded a bit tired and uh oh yes let me just get through this and move on so yeah. not the, the best customer experience okay and i responded in uh, uh in an sort of English accent, some mixture, including some African-American twang and stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: made my order. And the attitude of this person changed completely. Okay. So, uh, and it changed in this specific way. First, they seem to now want to get it right. Mm-hmm. And looking for words in English and kind of a little bit uh, on the back foot and confused now, Mm-hmm. And I I wanted to get uh, my croissant toasted, uh etc. something that they had denied one French-speaking customer in the other role, saying, look, uh, you have to wait for that. We can't blah, blah, blah. Okay. But then this person, I said, I said, "I would like to get my, my, my croissant toasted, and I was pointing at the various instruments. So I wasn't speaking any French. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, oh okay, okay, réchauffé. Uh, mm-hmm. Réchauffé is like a sort of warm-up, basically. Yes. Uh, so warm-up, not to stay. And right. they, they did it for me. Um, mm-hmm. Then I ordered the hot chocolate, which, again, usually they push you to another uh, area and say, wait, we'll do it separately. Mm-hmm. Again, the lady took my offer. Mm-hmm. Through the whole situation, I could just tell mm-hmm. she she looked a little confused. She didn't seem this is my interpretation she didn't seem to want to now look like the person who cannot communicate uh, properly or whatever so she was just accepting everything that i was saying mm-hmm. avoiding all sorts of communication and mm-hmm. since then whenever i'm in a, in a hurry and i yeah. go to like a you know a french service entity i have this strategy of like i will start uh the conversation in uh in, in english right and see the reaction of the person. Some people don't; they don't care. They're just mm-hmm. uh, gonna then assume, "Ah, oh, I don't speak any English. Leave me alone." But mm-hmm. others, I think they're a little more ashamed of offering bad service, okay? Because then they maybe they assume that the person in front of them is gonna judge. While yeah. if you're if you're just one of them, a French person, etc., then it's like, ah, this person, yeah, they know that this is how things work here. This is the standard. So mm-hmm. that's a bit of a subjective one. It was my conclusion out of this experience.
0: Interesting. Wow. That's a nice one. I think there's a lot of uh, things we can dive into. Maybe yeah. before we do that, I have just one more question. What yes. was the initial reason? You mentioned people uh, told you before that, you know, in France, not speaking French, you might be not nicely treated and so forth. But what was really, was that the trigger or was there anything else like just fun for experimentation or anything else that made you do that? Because it's kind of, I mean, doing it once is one thing, but doing it for a couple of weeks or a a period of time when you go to restaurants, that's a different thing. So you must have had a a goal or at least something that you were curious about and it turned out to be interesting. But uh, is there anything else that you might add to that?
1: I think the immediate other thing was I had an African-American friend of mine visiting me in Paris just before Mm -hmm. COVID. In fact, they had Mm -hmm. to get on a plane because... After mm-hmm. COVID, it was said that the borders were going to close, blah, 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 blah. So they rushed out. That person right. was visiting me and the person came with all these apprehensions about, you know, they had just been to Spain before. It was a good time. They wanted to come to Paris because it's beautiful, etc. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, ah, Paris again. Uh, these people are going to, you know, mistreat me for not speaking French, et cetera. Really? Wow. And okay. their the experience seemed to be okay. And... You know, I thought, okay, let me also try it so I can see what these people are talking about.
0: Yeah, super, super interesting. So I think um, there's a few things I'd like to, to dive into with you. So first of all, um, I initially thought when you started telling the story that people switched to treating you better might have to do with, let's say, expecting foreigners maybe to tip more. Let's say like American accent. So, you know, in America is usually... Uh, higher, a higher share of of tips but the longer you, you told the story the less i was uh believing mm-hmm. that was really the cause of it but just to double check how do you see that as a potential explanation my reading is that
1: uh it had much less to do with tipping uh mm-hmm. you know even despite foreigners coming to paris etc etc mm-hmm. um it's not a tipping culture in the sense in the american sense and certainly buying a croissant at uh you know at a boulangerie right uh, you don't expect tips there maybe there is a few cents left and the person say ah you can keep it etc but yeah. my sense is that it's not really related to tipping i could be wrong
0: yeah but i think it also would require people to know that there's a tipping culture in the u.s and i don't think the average person in paris would necessarily know that as you can expect, exactly like ten to twenty exactly. or whatever so that that's for sure i think less likely to be the reason yeah Exactly. And just maybe a clarification. I wasn't
1: going to the typical places that uh, uh, tourists will go to in France, right? I will go to a place that I would go, knowing Paris, having lived there for a long time. I'll go to places that I'll go to that are French-French,
0: where nobody
1: maybe knows uh, about foreigners.
0: Okay. I I, I also thought, you know, if uh, it would be a different place, like a touristy place and lots of foreigners come there, lots of Americans go there, then of course... uh, person served there could get used to being tipped even unexpectedly and whatever yes but i think yeah. it's as you continued the story i also felt there was more to to reflect upon um <laughs> next thought that came to me i just also would like to share uh, to see if, if it resonates with you um it, i was thinking maybe it's too complicated to deny you you know it's like you can always say no but i think at the same time um you know um if you don't get it the reply you know immediately or it's more complicated to explain in english it's more of a hassle so the person might think you know before i start explaining this (laughs) i just do it you know that was another theory so how, how about this one
1: i think and again this is my own bias i think the source of it is that first there's an element of shame in language in mm. in france i think you know uh, at least that part i can also relate to which is be it in jobs be it in day-to-day life in everything um speaking french the right way is highly valued and speaking it a poor way is also kind of uh, looked down upon even if people don't don't tell you right so for instance many uh ex uh uh, colonies of france you know when people come let's say you come from uh, benin or africa but you're not really that uh, educated or you haven't read a lot of books and the, the perception of your language i think is a lot more important than say a place like in in the u.s right yes. where everybody just speaks their own version of english and yes. i think it has less impact so that's one so now when you turn it around if you are french and then you're put in a situation now where you have to speak another person's language. Mm-hmm. Maybe you carry some of that, uh, let's say, trauma with you yeah. of like, oh, my God, am I, I going to sound like a total idiot now to the person? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have things that typically someone might apologize and say, look, I don't really speak English well. Huh? I hope mm-hmm. you can understand me. Kind of to put a caveat that whatever you hear come next, I'm not just a, an idiot. It's just because I really don't know your language. And then to avoid Mm. things getting even worse, if I can get away without arguing too much, with just using yes, no, of course, pleasure, then Mm -hmm. let me do it so that I don't uh, open my
0: kimono, so to speak. This is my interpretation. Yeah, Yeah, but which could be related to, you know, explaining why not could be uh, uh, an additional. Absolutely. But I think um, it's interesting in in the sense that in my experience, as far as I know, being to France, you are in France, right? So in right. France, people are expecting you to speak French. Absolutely. So that I would have, uh, I'm a bit surprised that, uh, you know, somebody in France being required to speak a foreign language. I get your point of let's say feeling uncomfortable or maybe not uh, very yeah, strong about the uh, English or whatever foreign language, that's a factor. But I would have guessed that that is kind of uh, subdued by let's say, uh, you know, we are still in France here. So don't expect me to speak English. You can be glad that I try. But anyway, it, yeah, it might sure. well be, and that's when I thought, you know, as you mentioned also briefly, in a relation of you being here by yourself with the person in front of you, or there being other people around, like also yes. seeing and judging the situation. So can you also elaborate a little bit more on that? Like, to what extent would you say that's a, a public appearance and what you just said about, you know, people assuming uh, certain language skills, maybe showing certain whatever right. capabilities and, and yeah, how do you see that? I think there are two
1: factors um, that are worth pointing out here. One is the age of the person. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the second is what you mentioned, the sort of other people being around. Mm -hmm. The age of a person, to me, there was a clear difference, right? Just downstairs from my apartment, um, there was a boulangerie with an old lady. Mm -hmm. She couldn't give a damn, you know, she if I'm sure if I walk there and I say, hi, can I please order a croissant? She'd be like, eh, je parle pas anglais. <laughs> like, yeah. go, just go ahead and maybe go find another <laughs> place. Point, right? point at what you want. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But this place that I went to, uh, I can't remember if it was a Paul or, you know, one of those more modern um, places. And there was a young person, maybe like a, a student or a university student that was there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So... I think the youth is a little more aware of like uh, politeness and they they also speak a bit more uh, English. Mm -hmm. So often quite uh, okay English, actually. Mm -hmm. So I think there's an element of age, which plays there. The crowd element also, I think, because I I would assume that, uh, you know, a Gen Z or a younger person is more aware of like things such as, uh, uh, you know, not appearing, Uh, anti-foreigner or just looking worldly etc and even Mm -hmm. if they wanted to say no i'm not going to do this thing for you because that's not the rule here Mm -hmm. they might think okay let me make an exception because this person is a foreigner and because other people are looking they might be judging Mm -hmm. me Mm etc. does that make sense
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and i was also wondering um to what extent Because in my experience, again, at least the prejudice that is usually circulated, as you mentioned from your friend also, French in Paris potentially being rude if you don't speak proper uh, French. The way that you told the story now uh, or reflected upon it, it sounds a little bit like, you know, people want to be hospitable, want to be able to speak English. So to make you, you know, maybe comfortable or maybe serve you in the right way, which is kind of the opposite. The The youth for sure. Yeah, the youth exactly. Maybe more the youth. Yeah, maybe because you know more globally oriented and English being uh, very present, I guess, in their language, um, music consumption in other areas as well. So that is interesting. And the other thing I was um, just uh, reflecting upon was um, what you were describing. Right, It's not a, a complicated thing. You know, it's not a complicated task. You're not like debating world politics, but you're ordering a croissant. But it's interesting um, to what extent is such a relatively Mundane, simple environment, the language is powerful, right? Because you're the same person ordering a croissant, and either, you know, it's English or French shouldn't make too much of a difference if you think about it just from what the actual activity is about. You just, you know, want to eat something, take a coffee. Still, it apparently makes a big difference, and people attribute certain things and, and, and behave differently. Uh, uh, just because in brackets about the language, I would understand that even more so if it's more, you know, elaborate discussions about, you know, where you really have to express your opinion more that people feel uncomfortable. But I'm, I'm surprised. And it's interesting that you uh, experience this even in such a relatively uh, uh, less complex uh, situation. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think language is really not just language. It's always culture because yeah. even within language you know there are different things you can speak uh, german like a guy from hamburg mm-hmm. and people assume mm-hmm. certain things or you can speak it mm-hmm. like a Berliner. they assume certain things mm-hmm. so i think the therefore it's not how simple the words are to order a mm-hmm. croissant it's more all that is conveyed in the language that you use to order that croissant right so yeah. uh, for instance i would i would say if I go and order croissant with uh, an accent that suggests that I'm, um, let's say, you know, a professor or mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any such accent, but if people can tell that I'm a highly intellectual person, mm-hmm. of course, they would likely react differently than if I go and order croissant in a language that uh, they associate with, let's say, youth, uh, you know, disrespectful youth, et cetera, et cetera. There is this concept, uh, in i guess all countries and right. so we can all be saying can i please uh have a croissant and the first one will be read as oh this is a very well-read person etc etc and the second one will be read as ah one of these crazy youth again uh, yeah. and the attitude will be different so yes. just to respond to your question i think it's never just words it's language and its perceptions and its stereotypes and it's all. Yeah, of that.
0: exactly, and that's interesting. Like what people attribute to, uh, to language combined with everything else. I guess, yeah. Yeah. And um, and yeah. maybe
1: related to that, uh, this can be a whole story by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but in France, for instance, there is this concept of you you don't say tu to to mm-hmm. someone unless you are very familiar with them.
0: Yes. And if you Same are familiar general, with them. Right? Exactly. Like if and yeah, yeah. Do,
1: you know, mm-hmm. but if you say, tu and you're not very familiar with them, it's quite rude, or it assumes that you are viewing them as, you know, somebody that's your subordinate. Right. right? And so in certain occasions, I've been addressed as a, tu, you mm-hmm. know, just from someone who doesn't even know me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, another occasion, you will see that I'm addressed as a, vous, mm-hmm. right? Now, of course, it depends on, you know, different people who have different approaches, etc. But my point is, when that someone addresses me as a true, when we're just getting uh, to know each other, mm-hmm. and they don't caveat it by, oh, excuse me, can I call you a true, etc. Right. Then that already puts a certain thing in my mind about what relationship the person is trying to establish. And more often yeah. than not, I would just say something like, uh, we're not at the two yet, so if mm. you keep it at vous, uh, then that would be perfect kind of thing. Yeah, and then the person good. might feel a bit embarrassed. So I, I don't like putting people in a place where they're embarrassed, but just to give you an example of how powerful these things can be, you're saying the oh, same thing. You, maybe the person is asking me, can I get you a, a, a seat at a the restaurant? Mm. They're being mm. friendly. Huh? But if you mm. do it with a two. Mm-hmm. then it says a whole completely different thing then if yeah, you it depends the... on the
0: on the context right if you're like i don't know at a, at a soccer game you know in the stadium you know randomly or casually of maybe course. it's a different situation than that's in a more formal or more service oriented environment where you expect to be treated in a certain way but i think 100%. what i would like to to dive into a little bit now is um how you mentioned <laughs> also you can or you actually do use that experience in everyday life when you let's say order something in a cafe in in paris nowadays even because you have this experience of you know there might be a, a, a different um, treatment and i think that's the interesting aspect that i would like to reflect upon that right the way so, we portray ourselves right it has right. you can you you can play the whatever piano yeah you can play different tunes and you can uh it's not just language it's everything right it's your your way of um stature your mimic and everything else but i think 100%. that's an interesting aspect how these things help you to to influence situations uh in the in the interest that you might have so that's that's an aspect i'd like to reflect with you yeah
1: sure 100% i think my primary like Passion or things I like, I really enjoy is to understand people, understand cultures, etc. Okay. So I'm constantly trying to, whether through experiments or to traveling, etc., to kind of see what people mm-hmm. are like. So for me, after I did that episode of uh, sort of uh, ad- adopting a foreigner approach in France, where I'm a local, um, I then realized I thought, okay, let's every now and then I would say, let me try this or let me push it further and see what, you know, what it it will get me. And Mm -hmm. more often than not, what it gets me is a lot more humility from the person Mm -hmm. that I'm speaking with, because Mm -hmm. for some reason, the person may feel that they're in that's my interpretation that they're in a position now where, I mean, they're on the back foot as opposed to being comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. And that I found very interesting because, um, there it doesn't always work the same way if right. if i could still be associated to be let's say uh for lack of a better word let's say if i could be associated to um uh, being speaking in a nigerian accent for instance mm-hmm. i wonder would the courtesy have been the same mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. part of this probably comes from uh, an assumption from the other person that i'm you know this person is from the u.s or something like that so yes. my, my next set of experiments <laughs> will be to to try other English accents that are not from America, that are not from such a, let's say, well-to-do countries.
0: Absolutely. And I think that was actually my initial uh, assumption that, you know, you would have a, let's say, disadvantage or less uh, hospitable treatment because you are uh, a foreigner. But let's see how this translates if you do other accents or even... I don't know, in, so in France, maybe northern African accent or whatever. I think that right. might also be interesting how that influences the overall uh, response because there's, Absolutely. again, people attribute certain things. There's one more thing I just like to uh, reflect upon briefly. is sure. basically, uh, it just came to my mind now. I remember I once was in, in Mexico, right, and I was at a traffic light and then there was a car next to me and we both waited for the light to turn green and then the car next to me just Started driving, and I assumed because I didn't see the traffic light, it was green. So I, I moved forward as well. Just then, two seconds later, I realized oh, it was still red. So the guy next to me just drove off, and then of course the police came, yeah, and stopped me. <laughs> interesting. And interesting what about thing. the guy next to you? So they just left and go because I think it was quite obvious he was Mexican. They didn't care. Yeah. So the interesting thing that I'm coming to now is my friend who was missing me in the car told me, speak only English, speak only English with these guys, and I speak some Spanish, right? So. Um, and the, the end of the story, not to tell it too long, it was, it helped me. And I, I didn't pay a dime. I was just speaking to the people and the policeman tried to convince me that I had to pay. And I said, I don't, you know, he spoke very little English. And I stuck to English the whole time. And then in the end, I, I came out of it. He got fed up with me and, and let me go. And I think that was super powerful. I think, as you just mentioned, you know, I, I kind of... It was not my idea, it was my friend's idea. But I think if I would have started with my mediocre, less than mediocre Spanish, the guy would immediately have been on top of me, right? <laughs> but in English, you know, it kind of worked out in my favor. And that's actually very interesting uh, to hear your story, how you experienced this thing and how things, yeah, situations can change um based on this. Yeah. No, absolutely.
1: I there's so many stories related to language I find fascinating, depending on mm. where people think you're from. Mm. Um Of course, it's normal to kind of then have a set of uh, prejudices or not about the the people. But my what I've always found very interesting is how strong these prejudices can be at times. Uh, And also in a very few limited cases, there are some people who don't even, they don't give a damn. eh? You could be speaking, I don't know, with an accent from Gambia or from uh, Canada. They, They just see the human being but i think yeah. in my experience at least these are very very limited cases. in most other cases there is a set of prejudice and that's not to i don't want to sound like i'm condemning prejudice i'm sure i also have them right but mm. it's just to say we, we must acknowledge them and then for those who want to act on them or who want to you know remove their biases to then try to actively correct right exactly so in paris now Especially so at the airport, for instance, at Charles de Gaulle, I never mm-hmm. for the past few years, I don't I don't remember that I speak in French if I'm the one who needs a favor or something, you know, some some answer. If I if I, if what I need to ask is very specific, let's say I want to ask it, RER, regional train schedule and all these things, it's very difficult for me to convey to the person in English, then I'll mm-hmm. speak French, obviously. Yeah. But if I wanna ask something, especially something where it's very likely the answer will be no, unless the person wants to be nice to you. Mm -hmm. Then I'll ask in English in a polite way. And often I get a yes.
0: Yeah, it's a a tool. It's a tool. And uh, just to touch upon what you just mentioned before, is that how much people attribute. I think it it, because people, of course, they think, you know, they, they know by that a little bit where you grew up, how you grew up. There's a certain social-economic uh, uh, expectation of right. prejudice, I guess. There's, you know, even t- intelligence and, and power. There's so many aspects that people attribute to, to language and, of course, the overall appearance, but language being a, an important and strong one of it. So that's super interesting. So I think um, now a little bit final, final thoughts reflecting on, you know, we did a lot of reflections, but I think <laughs> overall, what do you think it's best to take away from this experience of yours? I
1: think... Th- takeaways for uh you know people travelers etc there is power in understanding language and culture of the places that you go to Uh, and that power is both just as a human being to expand your horizons but also to make sure that you don't that you get the best from 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 those places right um and on the other side also i think for sort of us all when we welcome people, different people in our environment, there's an element of grace that I think is very useful to grant. And I'm not sure that I'm actually, you know, that I do that uh, well enough, but I try to get better. Just assuming that someone comes to in your space,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there is so much that you as you think is just natural or is systematic, etc., that the person just may not understand. And it's not because they're, I don't know, stupid or they're different or they are bad or they're ill-bred it's just so much that you have built up over the years Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: know that the person doesn't know imagine you someone from benin comes to to us here in the u.s um and they want to go buy something at the shop they may ask you hey can you walk me to the shop and you think the shop is there you can just walk but they're not that's not how they used to move, maybe, or they're just intimidated by the space, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you can still advise them to walk, but don't think that somehow the person is either lazy, wants to waste your time, and all these kind of things. Because they, there's you. a lot that you have internalized, and that yeah. you think is systematic, but it's not for some other people. Likewise, yes. uh, if an, uh, an American goes to, let's say, uh, to Germany or to somewhere in Africa, they would they, they might get lost, and they will ask for certain things that you might think, yeah. well. Could be by yourself or I'm just Mm -hmm. giving an example now, right? But just in general, giving Mm -hmm. grace and Mm -hmm. uh, seeking to understand where the other person is coming from.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And I think also just to add on that, either you're by, 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 you know, the way you are, you're a sensitive person. Or I think for most of us, it's great to have made this experience yourself. Let's say being outside of your comfort zone, being outside of your, your, whatever you know you come to some place in burkina faso everybody knows how it's done down there but you have absolutely <laughs> no clue <laughs> you just run around you know so it's great to have that experience in your life once or maybe a couple of times and then you get sensitized to to this situation yeah but it's it's you're right a great i love experience. that point yes yeah getting out of our comfort zones exactly okay excellent so i think already unfortunately we're at the end of this episode it was great again diving into this uh yeah. Thanks a lot for sharing and, um, looking forward to talking to you soon, my friend. Indeed.